Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. Welcome back to another episode of one of these years off-season mode in full uh, in full uh, whatever I guess. But Colton, I'm thrown off because the weather outside continues to feel like uh, I don't know late spring. I looked I looked outside the other day. It was like we we're gonna have a thunderstorm in the middle of February. Yeah. Right out loud. This is <laughs> I don't know what's going on uh, around here. But in any event, uh, we're back with another episode. Some off-season talk with the Lions this week. Not a lot of news. Not a lot going on. Frankly, um, combine coming up here. Uh, what, Colton, a couple of weeks, I suppose. Uh, free agency mm-hmm. around the corner. Things will pick up here soon. Um, yep. But, but the, I guess we'll start briefly here, and then we'll get into some big board stuff. But um, Lions dodged a few uh, arrows, I suppose, because Aaron Glenn Ben Johnson are both officially back now, and the coaching staff, at least for the moment, seems that it's uh, shored up. What's the latest on the whole deal here? Yeah, uh, so AG is back. We know that. Um, the, the only other drop he was in the mix for, uh, obviously the Cardinals went in a different direction. Right. We're kind of waiting to see what happened with the Colts job. They took the Eagles offensive right. coordinator. Yep. Um, so filled that job. And actually the Cardinals job ended up going to their uh, defensive coordinator, there, so. which is interesting, but okay. <laughs> yeah. the, both coordinators from a Super Bowl losing <laughs> team just off the market like that. That's yep. uh it's pretty interesting, but um, yeah, and I'm also curious: uh, is are the Cardinals getting all of the Eagles defenders? I don't. Are they bringing them too? I don't the know. roster, <laughs> that stacked roster. Like anyway, that's the thing. I digress. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Gannon, I think that that's kind yeah. of a weird fit in Arizona. Yeah, like, yeah I, I'm I thought very they would curious. try. Very curious. About I thought that. they would try to go with like an offensive mind. Just I did too. Of, Yep. Know, Kyler and yeah, but and I guess they also need someone that can like reel him in and get him off the video games. Not a to bit, get so right, not to get too far off topic already, but like the Colts yeah. did the uh, thing that I think a lot of people didn't think they would do. They went offense, offense, and a lot of people were like, "Well, maybe yeah. they'll go back," you know. And the Cardinals, however, did the thing that teams that yeah. don't really have plans typically. Not to say that this wasn't that, because I don't want to, you know, but. Anyway, I'm you know Aaron Glenn. I I think and probably for Ben Johnson and anybody really, I'm uh, you're probably happy that they didn't end up in Arizona. <laughs> I think all things considered, but yes, yeah. go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> That's gonna be a tough job. Yeah, yeah. but both coordinators are back. Right. We know that now. Uh, I think Ben Johnson actually uh, spoke with Tim Twentyman the other day. I saw that. Um, yeah, kind of talking about why he decided to come back. Um, you know, it seems like he just the, the general sense I got from that was like there's unfinished business here. He wants to see a Ford Field playoff game and what that would look like. And, yeah, um, you know, why mess up a good thing is I think one of the quotes that he said during that. So he's officially back. We knew that um, AG is back in the mix and I'm excited to see what he can do with his third year in the system. Maybe get him some more talent defensively, see what he can do, yeah. get some heat off his back a little That's bit. A great point. And finally give him some talent. So, uh, yeah, both corners are back uh, a little bit of a. I don't know if you want to call it a scare, but Scotty Montgomery, the new running backs <laughs> coach, uh, has been on the job for like a week and uh, was already taking interviews to uh, be the OC in Tampa. Um, they went a different direction. I think they got um, Geno's OC in, in Seattle. Oh, they did? Well, uh, or okay. Geno's quarterback's coach to be their new AC. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I forget his name now, but I know who you're talking about. Yes, that's not yeah. bad. That's a good hire. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of weird that he would 
Well, I mean, I mean I hey, look, you can look at it. You could look at it one of two ways. Yeah. He's in demand. But yeah. I think that this is the NFL, right? This is just like, and then I think that like Deuce's uh, decision there to move in. The, I saw the Panthers just announced him as the running backs coach and assistant head coach. So same job. Yeah. Um, and obviously those circumstances are what they are with um, with the family, but. I do think you'll see more um, stuff like that as time goes on. And these coaches, especially when you get former players up here that know the business, they'll bounce around, you know, they'll move around, shoot. I mean, yeah. if they don't, if they want to move closer to a certain family member or somebody's wife or kid or whatever, and I do think that we'll see more and more of that. But I think it's not a bad thing to have guys who are in demand, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. And yeah. I, I know that Montgomery is a guy that is at least fairly, is at least very highly thought of. Um, around the mm-hmm. league, so for the position position they have him, you know that's perfect. So I did like yeah. that hire. I think that's a good one to keep on to. I think someone tweeted at me. I've never seen this much demand for Lions coaches in my lifetime. <laughs> no. which is uh, yeah, right. that's a, probably a good thing. Yeah, overall, usually uh, it's them getting rid of guys that like uh, they should have kept. You know, over the years, that's yes. You know, Belichick, <laughs> Gary Moeller was the one that Chris always always <laughs> brings up. He's like, if Gary Moeller had like stuck his head coach at that one point pivot point there, you know, God knows what would have happened. But yeah, not a bad call. But in any yeah, event, that's four coaches. Yes, uh, I mean the coordinators. Uh, Deuce obviously left for different right. reasons, and then Scotty Montgomery getting an interview. Pretty good. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. And you mentioned it. I think that's a good point, actually, to touch on briefly here. Is that uh, before we get into some more of the draft talk, um, Aaron Glenn? You know, that's an. Ex- this was a very interesting year for him, and to see that he got, you know, head coaching interest seemed like it was. Relatively serious with Indy. Um, he had a couple, you know, talked with them a few times. They seem like they seem like they like him a lot. You know, all these things. Um, I think some people there thought maybe he had a pretty good chance at it. All that, you know, after a year where the defense didn't exactly light it up, I think it speaks to the fact that people still are very interested in him. But like, like you said, Colton, a second ago, like this is the year where you're hoping the Lions address more of. You know his needs, I guess. Not to not to really just like boil all the way down to that, but really that's what it is. Because I feel like Aaron Glenn has taken the most heat. And when I say heat, I don't mean it like fan heat. I mean like the most. He's taken the biggest task of any coach that Campbell's had because he's had to do the most with the least. He's had to do more with less. He's had to make it work when they've you know preserved assets for the offense and on defense. A lot of it has been. Look, this is long term. We don't care about, you know, the here and now as much. So mm-hmm. very curious, like you said, to see, you know, if two parts, if Detroit follows through with what we both probably think they should follow through with and, you know, give him more high level assets to work with both via the draft and free agency and two, you know, walk the walk now. We got to see it. And I think that this is yep. uh, coming up to be a pretty big year for him, possibly. No doubt. I mean, the most fan heat, definitely, but also the biggest challenge, I think, is what you were alluding to, uh-huh, the biggest challenge on yeah. the coaching staff, uh, just given what he had at his disposal. When you look at the offensive coordinator and Ben Johnson and what he's what he has over there, he's right. got, you know, pro There's bowlers on the offensive line, uh, a solid running game. He's got a pro bowl wide receiver to work with. Glenn doesn't have that. His best player was a rookie, Aiden Hutchinson. And um, I think you saw over the course of the second half, when some of those rookies did learn how to play and did get comfortable in this league, that they took off. And this defense took off. I think they averaged like 20.2 points allowed in the second half, the final 10 games or so. Right. Um, so that's real improvement. That would have finished, that would have ranked like eighth or, or maybe like 11th or something like that um, over the course of a full season, what they did in the second half. So 
that's very that's good progress. I think they're on the right track, and you start to think about the possibilities if they can add maybe a defensive tackle here, yeah. a cornerback here, maybe a linebacker in free agency. Um, you can really see the growth. You can see this thing getting turned around in a hurry. Um, I don't think they need to go from like you know thirty second to like top five defense no. match what the offense did. But if they get to mill the pack and the offense stays the same, like. That's a playoff team. That's probably 100%. winning in the NFC North. So mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the uh, the blueprint for the offseason. Just kind of focus on defense. Give Glenn um, kind of the, the pieces that he needs to get this defense going in the right direction. And you might lose him next year, but I think he'll sure. be happy with the results at least for 2023. Right. But if he, if he establishes that foundation and identity of what you want it to be, and that's still something we haven't seen. You know, it's been up and down in terms of install. And, you know, last year they talked so much about how you had to take some parts away and redo it and all this. Mm-hmm. and. This, that, and the other. You know, you'd like to get into a point where this year they hit the ground running and we see sort of who Aaron Glenn is, not only as a play caller or a defensive play caller, whatever you want to call it, um, but also, yeah, like set the foundation for, you know, if there is a point where he's gone, whoever the next person is, this is what we're doing here because you're going to have pieces that are going to be here beyond him. So, um, yeah, very curious to see how that all fits and very curious to see the types of guys, not just, you know, the positions, but I guess the people, the types of guys the attitude, the style um, of additions they bring in this year. And I think that's a pretty good jumping off point um, to get into Colton's big board, which he ran uh, is this week, right? It was actually today uh, as we talked uh, here on Thursday. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So you broke it down in an interesting way, I think, uh, in a couple positions of need and sort of went down the list as, uh, as to maybe where you thought the Lions uh, would rank everybody. So we've got uh, what we got here to get defensive tackle, uh, corner, guard, uh, linebacker. Am I missing anything? Nope, those right? are the four okay. I kind of stuck with. Yeah. So of those four, let me start with this. And now you've just got it listed here. I don't know. Did you or did you rank them in order of what you think is most need? What would you put the most need at at this point? Would you still put corner or have you changed maybe your thoughts on this? I did not rank it. That'd probably be smart. I didn't well, think that far ahead. But there you go. <laughs> um, but if I had to rank it, which we can talk about now, Right. Um, I would probably go corner first. Um, Second, I would probably go defensive tackle. Um, Third, third's interesting because I would probably say linebacker, but at the same time, I think I'd almost rather lean free agency for linebacker because this is like a really good free agent linebacker class. And I think they can find like a cheap veteran that can kind of plug in and be an upgrade over Alex Anzalone um, without having to draft a guy and kind of wait for him to develop and all that. So Mm -hmm. I would... Personally, lean free agency for linebacker, but in terms of draft needs, if they don't go that option, I'd probably say linebacker. They can get another guy in there. And then guard would probably be fourth, but still, I think it, it should be a priority just yeah. because it's Vitae, they can move on from right. him. They can save $6.5 million in cap space, use that towards something else to, to help your roster. Um, and like you, like you and I have been talking about this a little bit, they could take one of these guys in the second round even, um, say, hey, start off as a guard, but... You know, you have that positional versatility to go play tackle whenever one of these guys leaves or we want to move Sewell to left tackle, yeah. Decker's out eventually. Like, who knows down the road? But they can have some options like that, which we, we'll get to in a second. Right. But um, that's another position that I could see them looking to address this offseason. Yes, indeed. I agree with I agree with everything you said there. I think corner would obviously be still your number one uh, priority, your number one need. And defensive tackle I, I is not as far behind probably as um, – as people might think, to be quite honest, and it wouldn't like stun me if that ends up being like 
higher in you know the eyes of Red Holmes than people maybe think or maybe even want it to be, right? Because we've talked about mm-hmm. Levi, we've yep. talked about you don't know, you know, they, they love what Bugs gave them, but you know, I'm, is he a long term you know answer in there? Who knows, right? So, um, so let's get into this. Actually, let's start with um, let's start with the corners before we get into the defensive oh. tackles. Um, and this is the most interesting because this is the most interesting one. It's the hardest one to sort. Um, the hardest one to stack, and I think it really depends on your own personal preference um, for what you think a good corner should be. I, su- I suppose. So you put you've got Gonzalez number one on this list, Porter number two, Devin Witherspoon number three, uh, Banks from Maryland four, and then Keely Gringo five. Um, sort of go through your. Uh, that is the ranking, right? That's how you. Is that how you see? Uh, the whole thing well, that was your these are actually Dane's Dane rankings. I've just listed well. them so, in order. Okay, that is. Yeah, that's how Dane's got it. What do you? Why would you sort that then? Uh, I think we I would, would actually have. Yeah, we would have a little different. Yeah, yeah. I would. I go back and forth between Gonzalez and Witherspoon as like the top guy. I think Joey Porter is a good player, but he's probably like the third guy for me. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to do Witherspoon one and Gonzalez two, I'd be okay with that. If you want to flip that, I'd be cool with it. But um. I probably Dane had Witherspoon third and fifteenth overall. He had Porter number eleven, and he had Christian right. Gonzalez number five overall. So right. that's his rankings. And I just listed as that since the big board dropped uh, right. on that Wednesday. Makes sense. But uh, yeah, I'd probably at this point I'd probably lean Gonzalez. But Witherspoon man is right there, and I would not be shocked if they like him more just based on like intangibles, play style, all that stuff. It's I hundred percent agree with you. That's why this is a great this is a great conversation to have. Dane is a big he likes Christian Gonzalez. That's his like preferred, you know, style of corner. And I think when he's ranking it, you know, just all the way top to bottom without team needs or anything else impacting anything, of course, that's his number one corner. And that's the one guy I think that I would agree with Dane in saying that if you're going to draft somebody in the top five or six, he's probably the best one. He's probably the most talented. I think that we've all would probably agree with that. However, the question really (laughs) is what do the lions want? What do the lions like? What do they uh, you know, what do they think fits? And the questions that are there with Christian Gonzalez's game uh, don't, you know, I don't necessarily know if he would fit with what Aaron Glenn wants. And that's been the big question for me as we've looked at Detroit's draft this whole time. I would think Joy Porter and, Pro- like you said, I would actually think Devin Witherspoon once they broke it all down, you know, because back when I was talking to people in, back when I did my last mock draft, which was a, almost a month ago now, um, the sort of feedback I got was AG's not going to like, he's going to like Joy Porter because he's going to want to talk to his dad forever. <laughs> Number one, uh, they're yeah. going to like Witherspoon because, you know, why, how would you not? And they're going to like Ringo because of all the physical tools that he has, um, the man coverage ability that he brings to the table and sort of like, he just doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like he's a Kirby smart guy that I think is young and he can improve. But Never did I hear the name. I did not hear the name Christian Gonzalez. Now, that was early January when the coaches hadn't started taking this thing apart yet. And so yeah. I'm curious, and I'll check back in in a couple weeks here and see how far along they are. But that's kind of where I'm at with you, Colton. I, you watch Devin Witherspoon play like we did here in the Big Ten, same with Joey Porter, and you see how much more physical they are than Gonzalez. You see, you know, Porter's length, I think, aids in that. But Witherspoon is just like the most physically confident defensive back like maybe in the draft um mm-hmm. maybe even more than Ringo like he's just all the way for it basically plays like a linebacker and moves like a corners Gonzalez is the best mover he's going to test the best he's going to have the best traits and he might be the best cover guy of the whole group and that might be you know too much to pass up on but I do have to wonder is style 
and sort of that attitude because we talk so much about that. And that's why I think the souring of, you know, or at least the situation with Jeff Okuda that he's got to work from the bottom now and at least prove it again. Mm-hmm. You know, the attitude, the, the approach that you bring to the table every day, I think that Porter and Witherspoon would be, you know, probably more in line with what with what they would want. And Ringo, too, frankly, which brings up the bigger question is, do you take a corner at six? Do, what Like, would you do that? Like, because what we just talked about there, I don't think anybody's taken Joey Porter or Witherspoon. Maybe Witherspoon. I guess some people have kind of flirted with that idea. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if any of these corners are what I would want to do at six. I mean, but you could also maybe make the case that they would be there for you again. Uh, at the next pick, what are your what are your thoughts on on how this is going to shake? Because, I mean, you've seen the board; yeah. it's interesting. I've got a couple questions. Is yeah. AG making this call if they go corner? Or I have no Brad idea Holmes? because if it's Brent Holmes, it goes the other <laughs> he way. Might like right? Gonzalez, I think he probably yeah. would. Just based exactly. on the the athletic ability, he's going to test. He's going probably going to be put up with yeah. some of the best numbers of yeah. these guys in this position. So, like, he's going to light the be, combine, in my opinion. Maybe it'll be AG so. rooting for the other guys to light up the combine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never know. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if like they end up going Gonzalez just because Brad is like, no, I mean, this is my guy. 100%, I'm the man. GM. That's a great point. I run the show. You, I'm going to give you this guy, this toolsy, athletic corner, long, everything you want, and you turn him into the physical guy you want. Like that's yep. That might be how it goes. I don't know. Brother of uh, an Olympian, disciplined athlete, right? Let's go. Like, Come on. He's got it all. <laughs> Nothing wrong with him, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so that would be my first question. And then what you mentioned, like, I mean, like, is is six too high for a guy like Porter? I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, um, right. I don't think he's gonna last till 18, so it's not like you can play the waiting game with him. No. Uh, if you want to go like edge or maybe defensive tackle at six, I don't know. Um, Witherspoon, it seems like he's more in the conversation for six. Like he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzalez, I mean, Dane has him fifth overall on his board, so he clearly thinks that he can be an option at six. Um, so. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like if they trade back even like from six to that 11 to 15 range, maybe 16 range, um, you might still be able to land one of those guys. The question is like, is it the guy you want? Um, Are you comfortable with, you know, two of the three going a little bit higher and you're stuck with one at like, I don't know, pick number 15. Uh, Someone moves up or 16. If the like commanders move up or something like that, are you comfortable drafting one of those dudes? That, that would be my question. Um, you have probably more options if it's like eleven, but uh, yeah, I mean they'll have the, the, you have three, these three guys for sure that will be in that range, and then it's a deep cornerback class, man. Like you it can really find is. some dudes in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not sure about Ringo. Like the he has those first round traits, but he's just been falling like his stock for whatever reason. I guess you know didn't well, have the best season. He's kind of up and down at times, not really consistent, but right. Uh, Dane has him at 32 overall. I think he had him at like number six on his mid season big, big board. Mm-hmm. So uh, Deontay Banks, I think will probably rise a little bit. Like Dane was, seems like he was higher on, on him than most. The Maryland corner um, has him yep. at number 31 right now. I've seen him mocked in the first round more and more. So he could be an option. Um, if he continues to rise, maybe he's an option at 18. Uh, and then there's some second round guys and some third round guys too. Like this is a deep cornerback class, so they can take one and they can come back in the third and take another. Like they can wait for one in the second round. Like they'll have some options. So we'll see how it turns out. It is a deep cornerback class, and I think that's the biggest thing to bring up with the position here because a couple things. Uh, Dane has Witherspoon at 15, Porter at 11. I think that would be like the floor 
for both of them. I don't think you could wait. I think so too. Beyond that and expect either of them to be there, but we'll see. I don't think either of them are going to do anything but help themselves in Indianapolis. I don't think that either of them are going to hurt themselves at this point. And, you know, you, especially Witherspoon, he's more of a preference guy anyway. Like you like his game, you like his game. It is what it is. Uh, and Ringo, I got to tell you, man, I refuse to believe <laughs> that he is going to fall as far as some of the people because Dane said it in his top 100. He wrote it. Um, he's one of the best athletes in the draft. He's one of the best athletes in the draft. I mean, wh- when he, he tests and you see the physicals and everything else, I just I refuse to believe he's going to fall that far. I understand all of it. I understand all of the the critiques and all of the questions about, you know, feel, instinct. You know, there's that, port of, there's that point to make about, you know, guys that play for Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are always, you know, typically – Rock steady, you know, lockdown type. They don't make mistakes. They're technicians. But when you got a guy like that who played for Kirby and is still sort of like <laughs> making mistakes, you're like, well, shit, is he paying attention? Like, is he a guy that was hard for Kirby to coach? Or I don't know. Or is he just super young? That's the that's the hard part. But, you know, I refuse to believe he's going to fall that far. But the point is, the greater point is that well, that's that's a really good group that we've just discussed here. And if you didn't get anybody in that group, the next like 10 is there's a lot there. I saw a lot of guys at the senior bowl that are going to be there on day three that I would, you know, that I would, I would assume they're going to slip and fall somewhere into there. Uh, That would be good fits here. And I think it's a similar situation to the receiver conversation, right? Where we're like, there's a lot of guys, man. There's a lot of guys who can play and corner is not quite at the receiver market level. I don't think in terms of depth, but year after year, it's getting closer and closer. And I think that the guys that are coming out, you know, more and more are ready to go. And I think that that's why I've thought more and more about that. It's like so many people have asked, you know, well, corners, clearly the obvious need. They, they're taking that at six, right? It's like, well, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't know if that if that's going to be the thing because you could wait. You don't need to go get a guy. And the thing we've mentioned earlier, you could sign a corner as well. You could sign a guy in this free agency yeah. class. There's so many interesting prospects coming out of there every single year. And now, if anything, I would think if you're going to listen to Aaron Glenn and get his preference, it would be that, right? I would I would think you'd take his preference on the draft too, or yeah. you'd take it into account. But you'd listen more on who do you want to sign? What older guy do you mm-hmm. want to sign? And I think that that could be the bigger, the bigger point to drive home here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of this will depend on – like the conversation is going to mold and change – once we know what they're doing in free agency. Um, yes. If their only Great goal point. in free agency is to maybe bring back their own guys, you know, look at s- smart signings that won't break the bank, you know, we'll look at that. But if they do take a swing at maybe a top corner or a top defensive tackle or something like that, it's obviously going to change the way we talk about the draft and the guys that they end up tar- targeting, I guess. But um, in terms of this conversation today, I mean, they'll have their options. I think they should probably keep Aaron Glenn involved in those conversations, whether it's the draft or free agency, just because they've kind of done him dirty the last couple of years <laughs> with talent. <laughs> that's it's probably time to get him more involved. I think that's um, fair to say. Um, but absolutely, I, I do see this kind of changing and molding. And look, they don't have to take a cornerback at six. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of been probably the most mock position I've seen to them. Like as we've gotten further and further along, like I've seen Gonzalez, I've seen Witherspoon, I've seen some trade downs for a corner. I've seen some corners at 18, even they don't have to take one in the first round at all. No. Um, you know, if some guys are there that they like in the second round, I'm sure they might take a chance on them too. So 
we'll see. I mean, corner is probably the big discussion talking point right yeah. now, but it's none of this is guaranteed, man. No. Like, this could change in like three weeks from now. Even. Oh, yeah. So we'll Once see. the combine happens, too, and we'll see what goes on there and we'll see what you know comes out. There's always stuff that comes out of the combine. Uh, that we don't know, <laughs> you know mm. that we don't know today that we will then right like that that sort of thing uh does happen uh let's move on here though let's talk about a little uh defensive tackle because i think this one actually gets uh even more interesting to a degree obviously jalen mm-hmm. carter's up there at one and there's probably no chance of that happening uh i doubt he's fallen to six <laughs> unless they trade up I mean, That's, yeah, that would could... be the game changer in this you're whole right. scenario you're right that is a good point and Look, like weird things could happen and he could be there at like three or something, right? Like I don't think that that's insane to suggest. I doubt it. No. But you're right. That could happen. That absolutely could happen. I, and I think that that's the point to remember. They traded up for Jamison Williams. That was a guy that they said we have to go get him. If we have a chance, let's go do it. If that's on the table, I would not rule it out. And I think that's the point of points. And If a generational tackle like that's sitting there – and they, you know, love him and think they're going to go get him. I think that that wouldn't be something you rule out. But realistically, probably not, right? I think it's more more likely than not that he'll be there at three. Like, if the Bears trade down, like everyone says they are, the team well, that right. trades if they trade one down. gets a quarterback, yeah. they That's are going to trade down. Yes. Like, well, you hope probably they like are. a 90% chance they trade down. You like, hope they are. <laughs> All this talk about, oh, we might trade Justin Fields. Like that's Well, just- no, but I mean, they might just sit there and draft Jalen Carter is my point. I don't think they will, but because they, they have so much cap space, they can go sign like Darren Payne or someone like that yep. if they want to. But in tackle. any, yes, to your point, he, yeah. yeah, he's probably so, going to be there three. If they go like the Colts or someone trade up to one, they go quarterback. Um, if the Texans go quarterback and he's sitting there at three, do you call the Cardinals and try to make that work, or you just sitting? Yeah, there? I would see what the asking price was, but I think you'd be in a long line because you'd also be with Will Anderson uh, guys, you know, people that want him too. I think yeah. would be in that conversation. And the other thing to remember, too, is, you know, I'm, I wrote about Anthony Richardson this morning. I'm not convinced that he – and I was talking to Chris about this yesterday. Like, the conversation on him after the combine is going to be, is he a top 10 draft pick? It's not going to be, is he a first-round draft pick? And so, you know, the more that cranks up, the more that this thing – It's already getting there. Right. And the more that cranks up, the more this thing gets weird. And I guess to my – maybe I did jump the gun a little bit earlier. Maybe it's not totally insane that he would fall – to a point where you could maybe make a move up and get him. I guess the question would be, though, is how much would you have to give up? Because there's a lot of guys that a lot of people could possibly want to move up. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, you're going to be in competition yeah. for that no spot. Doubt. So probably not likely, but also not impossible. And I think that's probably fair to say. It gets more interesting, though, as you get down the list. Because the book on Brian Grisey from Clemson goes sort of up and down. There's some people that are huge fans of his game. There's some people that have a lot of questions about him. There's some people that don't know. And I, Dane has him at 17. I think that's exactly like the NFL consensus right now of what that is, right? It's, I mean, 17, which is right in the middle of the first round. He's He could possibly go up, down. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I would put any money on him being there at 18, but I would not rule it out. And if you were able to do whatever you want at six – and get this guy at 18, okay, if he checks out, if he's if he does all the things that you like, like, yeah, I, I like that. I think that could be pretty cool. Do you, Because he's another guy that could play, I think he could play probably three spots for them. Three yeah. spots. <laughs> and do it pretty well. And I so yeah. I, I don't want to get people's hopes up on that one, but I don't think it's impossible. And I know, you know, the combine changes things, but yeah, we'll see. Your thought you like you like Breezy, I know that. You were asking 
why people are so low on him, but it's like there's a it's one of those he's one of those guys that people are it's either way yeah. high or way down, you know what I mean? And we'll maybe, I just maybe can't the get combine a read on clarifies him. it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I just can't get a read on him. Like I've seen him go from anywhere from six to like out of the first round entirely in like some mock yeah. I'm just trying to put put my finger on it. And I guess the the best I could see is like, okay, he was a number one overall recruit in his class, but his production left you wanting a little bit more. Right. Um, I guess. But, some, yeah. It did, he also it did. dealt with some tragedy, like right. he lost a sister, a torn ACL. <laughs> right. So I almost give him a pass for some of that, that stuff. Like football am, was I'm almost secondary to some of the things that he was yeah. dealing with, like the last couple of years between the injury and, you know, the tragedy. So, I mean, I guess, you know, for the Lions, like you, the, I feel like the Lions type of guy is, you know, a player that overproduces almost to like what the expectations were. And he's sort of the opposite based on like so pure far, play. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe that's part of it, but I don't know the the NFL consensus on the dude. But to me, it's like I look at the dude; he's massive, like he can rush the passer. Um, maybe needs to work on defending the run a little bit, from what I've seen. I don't know, but I think you can get there. You can coach him up, and if if, if you get the level of player that he can be, you're getting a really good defensive tackle that can slide in right next to Lee McNeil. Um, can be a really good piece for this defense. So. I, I'm still confused on like why people are down on him, yeah. but I'm not convinced that feels like a good. He's place another one again. I that I'm, I, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced it's going to be uh, that's going to happen, right? Like, I mean, Dane. Yeah. This is a ranking of Dane's top 100, so that's not necessarily a reflection of how the draft is going to go. Sure, uh, and I yeah. agree with having him at 17, but it's the same conversation as with Ringo. I agree with having him at 32, but I don't know if he's getting a draft at 32, you know, and I don't know if Brise will be drafted 17. So it's the same conversation. The guy's a little bit lower on this list with uh, Kalajikansi from Pitt and then Mozzie Smith and Gervon Dexter from Florida. Mozzie Smith, obviously, here from Michigan. I gave the Lions Mozzie Smith in my last mock, and I don't know if he's going to be at 38 when this is all said and done because he's a guy that – the combine could really like elevate to through the roof. Like he, he is, he was number one on Bruce. Yeah, Bruce freaks. had him on the freaks list. Um, number one was he? Yeah. So like, yep. uh, everything about Mozzie Smith and I've been watching him since he was, uh, in high school, uh, over in Grand Rapids when he came out, like they did not redshirt him. They were going to play him right away, but he had no idea what he was doing. And he was all power, man. Like he had these, this amazing, like the punch, all of it. But it was just that's all he had. It's all he could do. But it was enough <laughs> to keep him like on the on the travel roster, like on the team, sort of, and like in the yep. mix. And by his like junior year, when he kind of figured it out, you could see everything start to come together. And last year, he, I mean, that he was a legit SEC level defensive tackle. That's what Mozzie Smith was for Michigan. And so I don't know if like he's going to be there at the top of the second round. He might. But he's also a guy who could climb up. I, I could see something changing in the math there, you know, post-combine, because he's got the ability to really – I would expect if he's healthy, he'll do all the stuff. I think this is what he's been aiming for. I know there's questions about his uh, legal situation um, with the uh, gun permit deal. I, I don't think that's uh, indicative of his character, you know, whatever. I don't think that's that big of a deal. I, I Honestly, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. you can make what you want of – uh, you know, guns in those situations. But I don't think anyone at Michigan thinks he's a bad person, I guess is what I would say. Um, yeah. I've never heard anything to speak to the contrary. I believe he's captain. I believe the team voted. Not that, not that that means everything, but I believe they did vote him captain. So that's one that has had my eye. Dexter as well. And like that whole group there, Cansey too. 
uh, is definitely a group that I think they're going to look at pretty hard because that's all the top of the second round. All guys that maybe even like we talked about with Brise, maybe if you want to take a jump, jump the line or something, right? Um, all guys that mm-hmm. if you trade down to would be an option, I would think. Yeah. Uh, with Smith in particular, like I could see, because I assume he's going to test well at the combine. He's another one of those dudes that's oh, just yeah. a freak for a reason. He's on that list for a reason. So, and considering like there aren't a ton of like high end options for a defensive tackle, there's like the one consensus dude is Jalen Carter, and he's probably going top three. Yeah. And outside of that, it's a lot of unknowns. It's like, you know, maybe mid first for Brise, maybe a little end of the first. To, we'll see where his stock ultimately ends up. He's probably the only other, I think he was the only other defensive tackle that Dane had as like a consensus, like first round right, talent. Right. All these other dudes are like, you can get him maybe second. Some might fall to the third, maybe early third, but. It seems like in that like thirty to fifty, maybe sixty range, uh, for a lot of these guys, uh, Cansey might end up going a little bit higher just because right. he's another. One. He's undersized, but he's like if you're looking really for an interior player. pass rusher, he can do that for, yeah. for a defensive tackle. I, I guess there's some questions about like you know how many downs he can play for you, but um, if you have a stacked defensive line already that rotates a lot, like you can just you can be a situational player. Maybe he plays above that. Um, you know. If you're, and again, if you're looking for that interior pass rush, he's probably your guy there. Um, and then Dexter, I think Ugh, basically Dexter. from what I've seen, like he's just a frustrating player, maybe, and like he just well, doesn't. Yeah, I mean, but man, is alive. that fair to say? Yeah. Look how big he is! <laughs> just cons- yeah. yeah, oh, he's six six, like the power, the agility, like it's all there. But maybe it's just a consistency. It's inconsistent. Yeah, t- right. like pad, pad level. Right, he, he can play a little high at times. So again, that's one of those dudes where like. Okay, let's get the six six freak in here and like exactly. We'll coach him up, and I get think him to play lower, and yeah, all of those guys in that little tier there that we just talked about: Mozzie Smith, Cansey, um, and Dexter, and really Brise. They're all guys that can play. They can wear multiple hats. They could do different things along the front. Like they could play, you know, they could back up McNeil at nose. They could play the three tech, and and some of these guys could even bounce out if you wanted. Uh, to go odd front and play like a heavy end, like that's we're talking about really good athletes. In addition to yep. run stuffers who can, you know, pass rush and all that. So like we're talking about guys who can give you more than. And the Lions love that. Like that's the thing that has stuck with me uh, about these guys, especially when they've drafted these last couple years. They love, obviously, they love traits, right? We know that they love the high end athletes that can that are going to test well. But they love guys who know how to like fill more than one spot on a front or in the yeah. defensive backfield or whatever it is. And all of these guys right here, I think would check those boxes. Like Smith could play both, both spots inside I, Dexter. <laughs> if you taught him how to do, Man. I don't know what all the limit would be with him. So it's the same conversation there, but that's an interesting group. And I think that both of those spots, corner and, and DT, depending on the board shakes, um, are ones that you could take a chance on in the first round, but it's also the same conversation. Mm. You could wait because people keep forgetting in these conversations that they bring up to me, like they keep forgetting the number of picks the Lions have in the second round. I think that that's been overlooked by a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Like they have a lot, they have a lot to work with and they could wait or they could take a chance on any of them. So uh, with that, let's take a break here and we'll come back on the other side. Colton, we'll talk about the offensive line part of this, which is super interesting and linebacker as well. Maybe a little free agency talking and with that as well. So we'll pause here and we'll come back on the other side. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, 
the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. All right, everybody, we're back. One of these years, breaking down Colton's big board for the Lions, uh, positions of need. We talked a little corner and defensive tackle, uh, some draft prospects earlier. Uh, this thing, though, the second part of this, uh, Colton, I think this is going to be more interesting. The offensive line part is really where this gets uh, – it's hard. it's been hard to figure out, um, we'll say, because every year that the, the, the Holmes-Campbell – and it's only been two, but both these both these drafts, it's been like – we know that offensive line is already like a position of strength, right? We know that uh, they like everything that they have there and all this, but like we know that they're not going to turn down good football players, and we know that they're not going to say no to guys that they know can help them and they know can be something for them for a long period of time. And like the first two guys that you've listed here, at, you know, you put guard as the next one, and, and some of these guys I think could play multiple spots um, as well, but. You know, Skoronsky from Northwestern and Osiris Torrance from Florida. Um, like, those are the guys that you just said at the top. Like, if you want to do the long-term, like, bridge to the future and have the best offensive line or one of the best offensive lines in football for the next 10 years, you can do that. Like, you can do that right now. You can do it next year, too, though, right? Like, I think that that's kind of the thing to remember. Uh, but it's always kind of – it's there. You can do that at some point. And – I don't know how that would shake one way or the other or how that would look. Uh, the board would probably have to go a certain way, right? But, like, I don't think that any of that should be ruled out. And I don't think that that scenario of making a good thing elite uh, is something I think they're going to consider. I mean, I I think you agree with me on that, but I want to get your thoughts before we get any further on, on that whole topic in general. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was there, like, at the beginning of this whole thing. Like, when I started looking at prospects in November... I was still like, oh, take defense, like take sure. defense with bold picks. But the closer I've gotten, the more I've like looked into some of these dudes. Like, I think it's it, it'd be smart. That's what smart organizations do. They look at the future and the present. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm looking at the guard spot, um, it does make sense to add a guy that can start for you at maybe right guard if they move on from a thigh tie. Yeah. Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, but they could save six and a half million dollars by moving on from him before June first. Right. Um, so that you could use that six point five mil towards free agency, another position on the, maybe on the same list that like linebacker or something like that. Um, and you can go and draft your guy in the first round if it's a guy like Skaronski from Northwestern, who would fit that mold as a guy that you can start off at right guard and then eventually shift out to tackle. Um, he's number four overall on Dane's board, so yeah, obviously wow. you're getting some value there. Like that's a top five player in this class, and if he's there at six, even I don't like. Is that too high for your blood? Because I, I don't well, know if it is look, too rich for so, me. Like, <laughs> I like him but, a lot. I like Peter Skaronski a ton. I want to talk about him because yeah. that was the one that surprised me the most that Dane had him at four. That was the the name that I was like, whoa, that's I can't believe he had him at four. I was a little surprised that he had him that high because it's gone up, 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 up. The more it's one of those guys, the more you watch him, the better he is. Um, Kurt Anderson is his offensive line coach. Uh, Kurt knows Frank Ragnow. Uh, they work together, I believe, at Arkansas. At least they've crossed paths 
briefly there. Uh, Anderson also coached uh, Rashawn Slater. Peter Skaronsky is a really, really good football player, really well coached. Uh, I don't think I would rule him out at six. <laughs> I don't think I would rule him out at eight if you traded down, right? Like nine yeah. or ten, somewhere in there. Um, there, but that's another that brings up the other point. He and uh, Paris Johnson uh, are clearly, I think, the two best tackles in this class. I don't think that's going to change. Although the kid from Georgia uh, probably has a little a little bit of an argument there. Um, but there's a lot of teams that need a tackle, and there's a lot of teams that are going to like those guys. I don't know how many teams are going to trade up though, because the thing about Skaronsky, if you wanted him, if you're the Lions in this hypothetical, is he is a People, Dane has him as a guard. Uh, some people think he can play both. You know, what is he long term? I don't know. But like a lot of people, it's a Tyler Smith conversation with the Cowboys. What is he? And well, I guess some of it is you're going to have to wait and see when he gets to the league and whatever he plays, he plays. He's just a good football player. But like, are you going to trade up for him if you don't think he can be a tackle? I don't know. And so it becomes yeah. this interesting, you know, thing where both of those guys, Torrance, maybe less so. He would have to probably be a guard, like you wrote in the story there. I don't think you're moving him. I don't think that you. I don't think long term you're moving him. I think he would just be a guard for you. And I, but I also think that would be fine because he's an outstanding offensive element. I just went through every game of um, Richardson, Anthony. I just Anthony talked about Richardson. that, right? And mm-hmm. in every single game, you watch Osiris, except for the c- couple that he missed, you watch him just mauling people <laughs> inside and basically being the reason why they ran the ball at all. So you're getting elite players if you take either one of those guys, guys that could come in and start right now, especially, on you know, even with the line, the level that they have, guys that are good enough to do that. Um, it's been a tempting thing that I've thought about a ton. If I were in their spot, I, I wonder all every year, like how tempting is this? to pull the trigger on something like that because the other part of that that everybody brings up every time I go on my soapbox with this is like, how much (laughs) money do you want to pay your offensive line? That's a lot of money, you know, to be investing in one position. And because Sewell's going to have to get paid a ton, we know that. Frank already got his extension. Jonah's going to have to get an extension, right? Um, And whoever you draft here, if we're talking about Peter Skaronsky or um, Torrance or Paris Johnson or one of these dudes, same kind of deal, you know. You'd have to be paying them, you know, down the road, and you're paying five guys like a fortune. I don't know if you can always do that. So, you know, yeah. I'm not sure if that's practical. But like you said, you weren't there. You're not all the way there yet. I don't know if I'm ever going to get all the way there. But it's like it's a lot of fun to think about that whole scenario. Yeah, I, and I don't see him falling like past. I don't know, like maybe the Titans can get him at like no 11. No way, yeah, they probably love could that. Use him. Titans would be like, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing, right, yeah. <laughs> they could probably trade, they, they might be interested in trading up for him, honestly. Yeah, but right. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not getting him at 18, and then I would, like, take him no. at 18 in a heartbeat, I wouldn't think about it, but he's not falling that far. Torrance might be there at 18, but the question yeah, is, like, I think he, that's fair. are you okay with just taking a guard? Like, the, the upside with Skaronsky is that you can play in that, you can play him at guard or tackle. You can't do that with Torrance, right. we don't think. So... I don't know if it's worth taking strictly a guard at 18. You could probably find some good options in the second or third round, which we have some more guys listed on this list. Um, now, you saw uh, the North Dakota State kid. Uh, yeah, all the, all these guys were at the Senior Bowl. Cody Maw, uh, Steve Avila, Avila, who I like a lot, TCU. and Bergeron, who I actually, if we're talking about the, the wait-and-see situation, he would be the guy that I like the best probably for them is Bergeron because he is a guy kind of like Skaronsky, who could come in tomorrow and be a guard and in mm. five years or whatever it may be. Um, I don't know. I don't want to short Taylor Decker. I always feel bad. <laughs> I always feel bad when 
I bring no, this I mean, up, right? But like, we like, we like, we like Taylor Decker. Whatever it may be, like, I, I, I always have the thing in my head of I will never forget this. Not, not to go too far on the tangent. It was two years ago. <laughs> it was right after they drafted Sewell. It was like the spring after they drafted him, and like they, Decker was hurt. And he was really pissed off because, like, all of Twitter was like, they're trading Decker. And he he came in for an availability and he, like, drove his truck, like, onto the, onto the, like, around that back corner. You know what I'm talking about? Like, onto the yeah. practice field and got out and gave us, like, five minutes and was just not happy about the whole thing. But in any event, so I don't want to short, yeah. I don't want to short Taylor Decker. He's a good dude. But, you know, football ends for everybody at some point. Bergeron would be the guy that you can plug today. He's a guard, but he's also a guy that, you know, we saw him at the Senior Bowl really hold up well uh, outside on the edge against some speed. So, you know, that would almost solve a couple of different things. You know, we talk about uh, if you ever had to move Sewell over to left tackle, maybe you just like him sticking there. right. You know, I don't know. So uh, there's options, like you said, the further you go down, I don't know if I would do this beyond like the second or third round. It gets a little tougher to project, yep. but like. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to take a premium pick if you want to do this, but like that that option is on the table. Darnell Wright to get from uh, Tennessee is another one that I would that I think could probably do what they need him to do in that spot. Avila maybe he's another one that's a little bit. I don't know if he could be a tackle in the NFL, but but yeah, a lot of good candidates in there that are worth looking at and we're talking about as uh, as we go forward here. I think I don't know how likely that is though. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. A little bit, but it's also not crazy. Also, at the same time, <laughs> and so know. for a guy like that could play guard or tackle. It's not even just like replacing Decker and you're getting rid of him. We're not going to try. No, to absolutely not. You're trying also, to get everything you, get, you can out of him. Yeah, yeah, and even just like depth, like what, totally. who's their their backups at tackle? Like you could, if one of those dudes goes down for oh my god, yeah, whatever it's not reason, a good scene behind those guys at tackle. <laughs> no. So like, it's worth it. That can get a guy that could probably start for you at guard like today. Yeah. And then can also, if you need to, you could, if you bring back, you know, Evan Brown for a cheap deal or something like that, have him start a guard and then move Bergeron to tackle yeah. if one of those guys goes down. So, like, it's all about preventing, you know, what worst case scenario right. with, if one of those guys goes down in addition to what he could give you at guard and the potential to move him out to tackle yeah. um, if you do want to save some money or something down the road, something like point. that. So, and the other- that's how I sort of see it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to have options. And I, I think you're right. If, if they want to do this. They can't wait till like 81 or anything beyond that. I think it has to be a second round latest, maybe 81, maybe this guy mm-hmm. there. But that even seems kind of like a stretch. So it's probably, you know, 48, 55, whatever those picks are now. Last thing, round. Last thing I'll note on the line there would be, and you mentioned Vitae, the savings they would have uh, moving on from him, six and a half or whatever. Uh, that's, you know, I would, I would expect that to probably happen. It makes financial sense. But I would also, I wouldn't rule out the idea that you could rework a cheaper deal and bring him back. Because they like him, yeah, and they like you know they like the locker room loves him. So um, you're not going to pay him that. And hey, if he goes out and finds it somewhere else, all the power to him. And he might because like if he's healthy, he's a pretty good football player and a really good dude to have in your room. But that is also something I would I would think about when we talk about free agency. And we're going to talk about linebacker here in a second. Fitai could be a guy that maybe you buy him back on a cheaper deal, and he's a plug in at one of these spots or a backup or whatever. You know, you needed to be. But in any event, linebacker, uh, which is also interesting and could go a couple different ways here. Um, this is one that, you know, Trenton Simpson, Drew Sanders, uh, Tuoto, I don't know about him actually, but, you know, he's in there in the top 75. Dane's, Dane's Dane pretty likes high. Dane likes him a lot. I'm, yeah, they like him really more than it, I do. But... I, uh, yeah. Jack Campbell, Overshone. Another guy I would mention, Ivan Pace. Um, 
from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I like yep. him a lot for, for kind of what the Lions need. All these guys would fit. Noah Sewell didn't Sewell. even make the top 100. Didn't make the yeah. top 100. But, I mean, like, look, like Noah Sewell's not a terrible you – know, not a bad player. Like, I mean, you know, who knows? All these guys would sort of fit kind of what they need. They need a stacked linebacker who can run and make tackles and, you know, play next to Malcolm. Like, that's what they need. And yeah. maybe that's Derek Barnes. Maybe it's not Derek Barnes. But I think that, like we've talked about a couple weeks ago, it's he hasn't done enough to prove that it absolutely is him. So you're fair to look uh, and see if you find a guy in this class. However, like the free agency route does feel like that might be, that might, you know, maybe makes more sense. I don't know. To me, that feels like a real opportunity for an upgrade. You mentioned you know, maybe you upgrade a guy over Anzalone. Like, I almost feel like it could be an addition to, like, to a degree, because I think they like him around. But, like, yeah, I mean, the upgrade and play can and needs to happen. And I feel like if you could add some savvy to the middle, in the same way that we talk about, like, if you got, like, Gardner Johnson in here in the back end, if you could add some yeah. savvy somewhere in the middle like that, along with Malcolm, well, now we're really talking. Like, I would almost yeah. rather have that... Then, like, it'd be fun to watch him and Trenton Simpson, I suppose, try to figure it out. <laughs> like that, right? But like, it could yeah. be a mess too. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a long time. So I would almost rather have the savvy. You know, I don't know. What are, you, what are your What are your thoughts as you kind of went through this? Because I know the linebackers are interesting. You go and you watch them, and you're like, eh, I like a lot of them, but I also am like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I want to draft them. You know, like that's the kind of. Well, let me ask you this: When you say savvy, uh, like a Gardner Johnson, do you mean like? Well, a guy that will talk his shit and back it and up. That, and yeah, well, uh, I think that yeah. comes with the territory. The talk shit yeah. has to happen anyway. But like savvy, I meant like, you know, guy who's been around. Just a guy who's like played, okay. knows the deal, like and, and can help your younger players. But yes, a guy who is, you know, is going to talk shit and be yeah. like a, a fit basically in the team. Because we've, we've talked about that. They could use a guy like that. And I'm not Absolutely. sure exactly where you find it. If yeah. it's maybe it's a, a young guy like Witherspoon that will like grow into that role. But totally. if not, like. Anybody. I could see them targeting a linebacker like that. But, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty good free agent class for linebackers. I mean, it depends how much you're willing to pay one of these guys, at least the top exactly. end. But I think yeah. it's like there's a lot of depth overall. We could probably find, like, a solid piece and not have to pay them, you know, an absurd amount to, like, a position like linebacker that isn't all that valuable in the grand scheme of things. So, um, you know, one guy I was looking at was maybe, like, Jermaine Pratt with the Bengals. Mm. But then he kind of had that sort of – yeah. Meltdown at the end of the game. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that probably not so like well. Campbell type where he's yelling at uh, his teammate for the penalty, the late hit. It's uh, like, you cost us a game. <laughs> not exactly what we're. Yeah, Why did you touch it? <laughs> probably not a lion. Probably not the type. But in, oh, terms, in terms of like a player that they could target. Yeah. Like he's great in coverage. I think he had like 10 passes defended yes, this past good season. Um, I, they could probably use a player. It would like be a that. good fit. Uh, yeah. That would be good player wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if they can find maybe a cheaper alternative or something like that, one of those linebackers, uh, they, a veteran that you can bring in that you don't have to like train on the job, like a Barnes type. Like we saw Barnes drafted mm-hmm. mid rounds. They're they're still he was a project at the time. They're still trying to get him there. He's making some strides, but you know he's not a guaranteed starter at this point. He's no. entering year three. Um, so they can get a veteran guy that can kind of stabilize the position and is still an upgrade over Anzalone, who can, who they could very well bring back. And, yeah, totally. Rotate with the guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's probably what I would look at. Um, But in terms of the linebacks in this class, if they were to take one, um, I listed five guys in this, and I'm not even sure that Brad Holmes wants any of them because we saw him take Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round and got some good production. Like just sit and wait. Yeah. 
And yeah. I and I think that the long term, you know, prognosis here would be that Rodriguez becomes your your leader there, your guy who wears the dot on the helmet and is the leader of the defense. And maybe that's something that you begin the process of next year. And uh, by bringing in someone in their mid to late 20s, you're pushing Derek Barnes and you're telling him, like, get it together. And that person also rotates with Anzalone and gives you like more experience on the field uh, and all those things too. I think that that would be probably my preference. And, uh, but I also wouldn't rule out, like you said, the Lions just waiting on a guy like Ivan. How far does Ivan Pace fall before we can draft him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think like they did with Malcolm. Because last year at this time in February, um, which I had to look at the actual month there, <laughs> mid-February, uh, when we were talking about Malcolm Rodriguez, I would have been like, I would have taken Malcolm Rodriguez in the third round. <laughs> I thought he was awesome. Like when they got him yeah. in the sixth round, it was like, holy shit, that's a great – that's a great pick and linebacker like running back uh, on offense. It, it is the running back of offense in, in so many ways. You, it falls. Yeah. The market isn't isn't exactly hot. The the definition of what is a good stack linebacker sort of changes on you know who you talk depending on who you talk to and depending on which team you talk to. So uh, it's one of those things that you can all. It's not that it's not a valuable position because it's super valuable and you have to have good linebacker play to be good at all. But like you can always get good ones really late, and like yep. you hate to say that or whatever, but like it is what it is. That's that's the situation, and I wouldn't shock me at all to see them do exactly that again. So you like pace, right? I do. You saw him at the Senior Bowl. Was he there? He was really tough. Yeah, I mean he's short. He's like five nine. He's five eleven. Right? Five eleven. Oh, he's listed at five eleven. He's probably he's a not five eleven. I don't think. I mean, I <laughs> he, I could be wrong. I I don't yeah. think he measured that. I think he was a little bit a tick under that. But it didn't matter. I mean, he was one of these guys that uh, moved really well. Um, mm. Not not as good as Malcolm. Like, he's not Malcolm Rodriguez. But gotcha. in the similar, like, plays low to the ground, has some of that, like, wrestler strength to him. And it's mm. just like a pit bull. Like, we'll get into a fight at the drop of a hat and doesn't give a shit. And we'll, like, cover anybody. And is not afraid of anything. Like, he's one of those, when you're, when you're watching linebackers, right, uh, to me, it's like, who are the guys that aren't afraid of anything? Who are the guys that are going to run a gap and just not give a shit? Like, I don't care if I get ear by a tackle that is three times my size. Like, I don't care. Like that. If you if you yeah. don't have that, you can't play football in the NFL behind the <laughs> behind the defensive line. And so when we watch guys at the Senior Bowl and things like this, a lot of times those guys that are five eight, five nine, they fall down the list. I don't know what Malcolm's height was. It's not. He's not that tall. He's not that big. But it's the same conversation. I, I was sitting there with Dane. He's not that much taller than me. I stood next to him. No, I'm not. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, we were sitting there on one of the practice Mel, days. Mel Tucker would not recruit me. No, say that. me. Mel yeah, Tucker would right. not recruit me. No, he wouldn't have recruited Malcolm, <laughs> and he wouldn't have recruited Ivan Pace either. But like, we were sitting there talking about it, and he asked me, Dane. We we're sitting there the one day after Pace made like six plays in a row, and he was like, "How tall was Malcolm or whatever?" At the, I'm like, "I don't remember," but like, it's the same. That's what you think of, right? When you watch a guy like that. And not that they're going to draft him, but like, exactly. Sure. But the point is, yeah. there are a lot of guys like that, that you can look. And there's a couple of them are on this list. Like Jack Campbell is a good football player. I, I don't know where he's going to go. He might fall beyond day two. You know what I mean? Might yeah. not be there. So we'll see. I mean, these guys, they slip and they fall. And if you could get a guy like Jack Campbell in the fifth round and put him next to Malcolm, then okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Like, And I think something like that could definitely be possible. We'll see, though. I know Dane dropped his, like, top 15 positional rankings a few weeks ago. So I'm looking at that right now at linebacker. So he's got four of the five guys you mentioned. 
Uh, Nick Herbig uh, from Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, nice player. He's kind of like a tweener, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you play some edge and some linebacker. Uh, Sewell at seven. Uh, Dorian Williams from Tulane. He's got him in here. Like, Cam Jones, Indiana. Ivan Pacey has at 14. Um, yep. So, he's got he's got a lot of linebackers here. Like, Cam and we know Jones. Brad Holmes probably yep. doesn't. There's another one. Cam, yep. You said him. Mm-hmm. D. Winters, TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another shorter guy. But, I mean, we know Brad Holmes probably is not going to want to spend, like, a – early second round pick on a linebacker like I no. that's probably just not his sort of vibe yeah um but it's a need you get a guy in the fifth know? round but it is a need yeah. and like if you can get a guy in the fifth round um that can come in and contribute and he doesn't have to be a star but maybe you address that in free agency and you bring in another guy just to you know turn the heat up on some dudes and just improve that linebacker room because honestly Malcolm Rodriguez probably shouldn't have been playing as a rookie like as a rookie six round pick yeah <laughs> um that's just where the where the room was right. like we heard Kelvin Shepard talk about it on Hard Knocks saying, like, you guys are going to force me to put a rookie six-rounder into the starting line. On day one. <laughs> on day one. <laughs> what is wrong with all of you? Yeah, right. <laughs> they're just watching positional drills and Malcolm's just doing everything right and everyone else is messing up. And he's like, guys, I need I need more from you. Please don't make me start this dude. Uh, and that's, and no, that's no disrespect to Malcolm. But sure. It's just like, that's how it worked out. That, yeah. that was the room. And the room could use more. Yeah. And we know that. We saw that this past season. Even Malcolm wasn't playing every down like they would still rotate some guys in so um i think the sign back position in terms of where you're looking at needs on this roster it's still one of them yeah so whether it's free agency or the draft could be both should even, invest in frankly it. yeah could be both could yeah. be both and i don't want to totally overwrite you know Derek burns out of the equation but he's in the same boat as okuda in my opinion like it's it's prove it time now you know we got to see it or yep. it's time to go because and we're not gonna your presence is not going to stop us from bringing in someone at your position that we think equally high of, right? Like, I think that that's the conversation for both of those guys at this point. And I could definitely see the same conversation that we would have about, you know, we think they're going to draft somebody at corner, but we also think they'll probably spend some money there in free agency. I could see, I could see a situation there linebacker too, like where they draft a guy, maybe a little higher than you would even think. Uh, but also they spend some money on one because like like you said, Colton, it's a thin spot that needs to be better and, you know, can be better, frankly. And I think that uh, the fun part here when we're talking about this sort of thing now is that they're finally in position, I think, to play the board a little bit and maybe get some steals, you know, maybe take a position a little higher than maybe you would think if the, if the call is right for it and it doesn't look so like, oh God, why did you do that? Like it won't necessarily be met yeah. with like, what the hell are they doing? You know, if they take a guy. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that this linebacker is one of those spots where like, wouldn't shock me if they like go over where we thought they were going to go for a guy that they really, really like if he's sliding, you know, on day three. Holmes loves to do that. You know that. Like if, if a guy on his stack is up there that just starts falling, he's going to take him. He doesn't care like what the position is. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could absolutely be a situation uh, that we see, but I guess we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. What else we got going on here, man? Anything else coming up? I don't think there really is uh, for the next little little bit. Just here. waiting on the combine. Uh, that'll be interesting. We'll have our whole crew there. Oh yeah, and, uh, everybody will be Andy there for like about a week, so that'll be yeah. fun. My first combine is a beat writer. Well, it I is definitely an event. <laughs> it is definitely a long <laughs> event, a long marathon, and they've changed it, of course, so it's longer now than it used to be, I yeah. think, right? So, but you know, it is what it is. There's a lot going on, a lot of people there, and a lot to do, and we'll have a lot to talk about uh, before then. Um, maybe next week we can do a combine preview, get more into mm-hmm. uh, some of the guys 
maybe that we'll be watching uh, for the Lions. And then also free agency uh, creeps up on you before you know when. I don't know when all that starts. I always forget the dates, but it's coming up before we know it. Uh, But stick with us. We'll be on all of that, of course. Uh, In any event, you got anything else this week, Colton? We good? I'm all good. All right. Yep. I think that takes care of it for this week. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe both to the show and to The Athletic. Uh, For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.